Why hello there, it's Chappie, your British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode number 114, 114. So it's lovely to have you here. It's Saturday, feeling slightly autumnal. I think autumnal has to be one of my favorite words of all. It's an absolutely beautiful word, isn't it? It just rolls off the tongue rather nicely. So I've been up at the crack of dawn. There were no cracks at the crack of dawn. You know, I had a rather tight belt on. Fourth notch along, uh, tucked into the trousers. Uh, Thinking about doing the braces or suspenders as well, just to hold, keep everything up in the morning. And um, lovely little walk uh, this morning in the new surroundings of uh, Chappie Towers. Sort of... uh, rough ground sort of almost like a little bit of gorse or scrub if you imagine in the uk how it is uh, by the seaside there but a little bit like this in, in parts of colorado uh and then you have the infamous uh, cherry creek uh whereas uh, bit into beggary but i did try smothering or slathering uh one of my legs in honey and we'll be talking about that later on the podcast but uh i posted that this morning and uh number of you have uh, enjoyed it so far. Um, I, I certainly didn't enjoy uh, those little buggers uh, biting me uh, over the course of the last week. I, I mean, I, I think there were mosquitoes. There could have been some spiders in there. But I had three bites on my back. No, matron, no. But not, not that. But I, I had... Um, it could have been you know, maybe a, possibly a spider bite. But it's lovely to be here again. I'm propped up against the bed uh, my uh, my head sort of in a pillow just uh, trying to give you the best acoustics you know I, i'm not worried about oxygen it's all about you the listener so i'm trying to give you the very best acoustics as, as possible uh, the bed is uh, raised i have all the uh, accoutrement uh, all of the technology uh, above me here and uh, and the microphone is rather uh, propped up as well it's actually on a, on a little cutting board that looks like a chessboard Something made me the rather nice uh, cutting board that could double up as a chessboard. But I needed a firm foundation. That, that doesn't everybody. Um, but uh, you know, the bed is lovely, but I needed a firm foundation to, to prop the microphone. But I have a habit, of, you know, I, I, I do, the, do the bit that is it, you know, Chris Rear, um, Mick Jagger. Like, I like to hold, I like to clasp the microphone as I'm uh, broadcasting to you, the listener. Uh, but it's lovely to be here again and trying, I mean, it's like the never-ending cycle of trying to unpack boxes. Clothes that you haven't seen for years. Some clothes that uh, you hoped you'd fit into, but then the last button pops off the shirt. Uh, and then clothes that you didn't think you'd fit into that you can now. I mean, that that is a wondrous thing. Recycling old parts of the wardrobe. I mean, the flared trousers are never going to work particularly Although I hear that flares are coming in back back into fashion, I don't know if it's for the uh, uh, ladies or the mantelpieces, but uh, flares are apparently uh, coming back into fashion, and maybe I'm going to try to uh, rock those out one day. Probably not on a dog walk, but uh, when I could get my glow sticks out again, uh, possibly uh, I'll get the flared uh, flared trousers out. But uh, you know, a slightly rakish look on the uh, Instagram. People seem to like me revealing myself uh, on well not literally revealing myself but uh, chatting away uh, on instagram uh, on uh, on uh, on occasions i mean i can't do it too often because you know it's like uh, 
It's like the Agatha Christie novel, The Mirror Cracked from Side to Side. I feel if I do that too much, the same, uh, the same situation could happen. But settle in. I mean, I, I still think it's hammock weather out there. Uh, pour yourself a drink. And uh, make sure the uh, make sure that each end of the hammocks are attached to a rather sturdy trunk. Uh, th- there may be some more of you out there who are a little bit more waif-like, waffer-thin. But uh, pour yourself a lovely drink and settle in to an hour of dulcet, chappy tones on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. So just a little warning to you. There, uh, there are some people outside rolling Tarmacadam. They have those huge rollers, you know, that you get in Austin Powers. Was it Keanu Reeves was driving it and, no! And it was like 50 foot away and nearly crushing Austin. No, it's not like that. Nothing, none of those shenanigans going on. But, uh, so if you hear beeping, it's not sort of my pacemaker or, um, you know, me getting overexcited and, uh, you know, things beeping in the background. It is, it is a Tom Academ roller uh, out there at the moment. Uh, and I think they're trying to flatten all and sundry. So trying to keep away from that uh, whilst they're not hearing annoying beeping or huge machinery going past him. So I'm sort of enclosed close to my closet. I'm speaking into the closet uh, and uh, hopefully providing a rather wonderful listening experience to, uh, to well, possibly mediocre listening experience. Who knows? But uh, that that is the aim of the game. So yesterday, we did talk about Larry. Larry. So if you want to hear about Larry, if you want to hear about my, uh, my interesting move, um, how I nearly had a nervous breakdown five times, also uh, George the Border Collie, Chocks Away, um, that was on the podcast as well. Uh, we talked about uh, shockwave uh, treatment in the Never regions. Uh, also the cockapoo Diana look-alike that really doesn't look like Diana. Anything that's slightly doe-eyed, people think look, looks like Princess Diana. That really was a sort of moving nightmares uh, special. Was it a bird? Was it a plane? Was it Larry? I know if you go into the desert and you're incredibly thirsty, dying for water, and you see a mirage in the desert, that's almost, you know, last week, last Saturday, exactly a week ago, it was almost a mirage. Is it Larry? Is Larry coming, or is it just a mirage? Mostly, it was a mirage. Uh, have you uh, ever thought about taxidermy foxes before? I, I, no, I haven't particularly, because I like to see them roaming wild. But taxidermy foxes, also tales from the old caravan site. Uh, a certain caravaner was uh, protecting his uh, his possessions. Also, a panic of an Englishman. What do Englishmen? panic about generally well we'll be talking about that as well uh my ideas uh, into uh, possibly relieving tension you know we talked about different types of acupuncture before but i have a new idea for relieving tension to you the listener we're living a stressful age in the middle of a pandemic that's ravishing and ravaging us again um well not ravishing us but <laughs> ravaging us um but uh also, what would you expect my first packages to arrive? What, what, what you know, the new, the new location, new Chappie Towers. What do you think would be the first packages that would arrive here? We'll be uh, looking at that as well. Um, also, more issues with my hoarding problems. I mean, it's, it's a real problem. Uh, George is scared of a, a certain type of vehicle as well, and that happened this morning. I was. Um, 
I was, I was doing my sort of early morning gymnastics on the uh, on the dog walk. We never talked about the toilet seat change uh, as well. We never talked about my wonder at the new parcel locker yesterday. Uh, some interesting people uh, milling around here. Uh, that's part of a new location, I suppose, as well. And of course, mosquito bites. We 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 touched on it, but they didn't suddenly touch on me. They chomped down and uh, took their uh, you know seven inches of flesh, so to speak. How am I going to get by? How am I going to solve the whole uh, the whole mosquito issue without spraying myself in poison? I mean, I may have to do that, but uh, anyway. So that's uh, that's the podcast. Uh, we have some news stories in the week. We have Trumple Drabone, where we have some very amusing anecdotes from the week, and the probably headline heinous crimes, and some more eccentric English people on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Welcome along. So the Reverend Richard Coles on Twitter, very interesting chap, he used to be in the uh, Communards. I don't know if uh, you remember that wonderful band. Don't leave me this way, and several other marvelous hits. But he put this on Twitter. So it's, it's a time of year where it's mist and mellow fruitfulness in August, and lots of harvesting and everything. So he 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 gave me this almost this little stanza, this little ditty. Harvest approaches with its bustling day, with wheat tans brown and barley bleaches grey. In yellow garb, the oatland intervenes in tawny glooms, the valley thronged with beams. So smiley face emoji is a joke, millennials are told. First, it was not using vowels in text. Then it was not using full stops in WhatsApp messages. And now in a development that is even confusing millennials, it seems that certain emojis are out of bounds. In the minefield of intergenerational communications in the 21st century, people in the Generation Z age bracket, those born between late 1990s and early 2010s, are making a stand against millennials' use of emojis. A smiley face emoji in a text can be seen as patronizing or passive-aggressive, according to teenagers. And people in their 20s, Hasfeet Bishy said that she was taken back when she started an internship at digital media firm in Brooklyn, and her colleagues greeted her with a bright smiley face emoji. She told the Wall Street Journal she's not seen the messages as warm but dismissive and does not consider it a genuine smile. I had to remember that they're older because I use it sarcastically. There are so many emojis and Gen Z's can never take things in a simple manner. Uh, Erica Darwin, author of the digital body language, uh, How to Build Trust and Connection, said that people over the age of 30 using emojis to signify what images show, while younger people may use them for sarcasm to illustrate an entirely different meaning. For digital narratives, emojis are more uh, extraneous flourishes. They compromise their own language. Uh, there are hundreds of TikTok videos created by teenagers that mock millennials for using the emoji. Jeremy Burge, the chief emoji officer at Mojipedia, said a emoji dictionary website said it's common wisdom on TikTok that the laughing crying emojis for boomers, and boy, I mean boomers, anybody over the age of 35. The debate about the meaning of emojis comes after linguists warned last year that teenagers and those in their 20s increasingly considered full stops in online communication as abrupt angry or passive-aggressive, especially in shorter messages. But Mark Lieberman, professor of linguistics at the University of Pennsylvania, said previously that teenagers are the most scornful of abbreviations such as GRA, great, or TXT, viewing them as something clueless adults would do. You know what? I remember a time when I, in boarding school when uh, people were hung outside 
of windows in their boxer shorts and had to run in the snow uh, as an initiation. You know, snow in just, the, in just their all-togethers, in just their, uh, in just their tighty-whities. And that was part of the initiation. So I would have loved a smiley emoji when I, uh, when I started uh, at boarding school. But no, hung outside in just my boxer briefs. So does anybody have money belts anymore? I know it's something probably in the 70s and 80s where people clipped around their waist. I mean, it was almost like a fanny pack. I mean, never say a fanny pack in the UK. It's like one of those things that, uh, you know, fanny means something it's sort of the front of the, um, uh, yeah, 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 in the UK. So Americans, yeah, don't mention the fanny pack. Uh, I mean, it's a bum bag in the UK, it's called. But does anybody have the money belts? But some people used to like uh, lock themselves into this money belt so they would have to use maybe uh, any thief would have to use a hacksaw to get the money belt off but you know back in the day uh, people paid in a lot of coins so coins uh, and you know especially that 50p piece uh, in the uk would would, would cut in uh, could cut into the crotch I and mean, it could cause you all sorts of mischief um but the money belt doesn't seem to be very very fashionable anymore I mean, I have one of the little card wallets that I put through the wash every day. I mean, amazingly, the cards still work. I thought they had some sort of magnetism on them, but they amazingly work. But money belts, not for a while. But anyway, my, uh, my, my dear papa, uh, proprietor at, uh, at Chappie Towers Caravanners um, in, uh, in the UK, so he was telling me, or maybe my dearest mother, was telling me that there is a gentleman um, who got his wallet out, a fairly hefty wallet, and it looked like um, the George Costanza wallet in Seinfeld, with everything in it, receipts, um, it probably had his uh, little black book, uh, it probably had his, uh, you know, his all sorts of different cards, um, any sort of uh, documentation for his vehicles were tucked in there as well, uh, maybe his will was tucked in there as well. But he had his, uh, his wallet on a chain attached to himself, now, I don't know if it was like some sort of medieval torture weapon where it's attached to a nipple. I mean, a nipple chain to the wallet. I mean, you would have to be a pretty hardy soul to have a nipple chain attached to a wallet just because you don't want any thieves to come on. Because, I mean, you could have a ripped nipple. I mean, it could be a whole Janet Jackson situation going on. Uh, it could be, uh, it, you know, it could be a whole nipple gate. I mean, Britney's sort of doing nipple gate again at the moment. Um, and um, was it Mike Tyson? Didn't he bite Holyfield on the nipple? No, 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 no. I beg your pardon. That was the year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, this this you know, this uh, older fella, um, he had a, a chain to his wallet. You know, obviously worried about uh, uh, thieving in the rural counties. Um, but um, I, w- I wonder, does he have it attached to any part of his body at night? That's the question. I mean, uh, that's sort of almost like the sort of chain of fools i mean because the whole thing it almost it could be even a chain reaction as well uh if um if he if he if he pulls if somebody pulls hard enough god knows what could happen so hobbit feet and pain for ex-marine tackling the lake district in england the former moral marine who served in afghanistan has completed the most painful challenge ever by walking 42 fells in the lake district barefoot Matthew Disney, 38, said he only had a couple of puncture wounds uh, to his left foot from a thistle during the 66-mile uh, hike 
that took him more than 33 hours. He's the first person to have completed the Bob Graham Roundfoot Barefoot, an ascent of 26,900 feet. He said it was a feeling you don't get numb to. My feet were slightly swollen and looked like hobbit feet for a couple of days. I mean, I wonder what hobbit feet looked like sort of hairy long toenails that sort of thing the hardest part of the challenge was walking on concrete roads and gravel and it was his most painful challenge to date he said it was in such a dark place halfway through the challenge i imagine so i mean you'd want somebody to come and give you a little foot massage rub some uh, moisturizer in the feet disney from preston trained by walking barefoot on a treadmill it is his 10th challenge that he's completed barefoot including the yorkshire three peaks in 2019 he attempted to climb mont blanc I mean, we're not talking about the fountain pen here. We're talking about the Western European highest mountain uh, with a rowing machine on his back. I mean, did he have, uh, you know, the coxless pairs on his back as well? I mean, did he have the whole, uh, you know, the whole situation of uh, maybe the Cambridge and Oxford crew on his back as well? Disney insisted he would retrieve the machine. His name is Disney, so it seems sort of fantastical anyway. And uh, collect it with another former Marine after a local man complained it would have to be removed by a helicopter. In his latest route, on August the 1st, it was his birthday. I mean, what a birthday. I mean, I'd have a cup of tea and a piece of cake instead of climbing, uh, you know, climbing in the Lake District, felling in the Lake District. It is named after Bob Graham, a hotelier from Keswick, who completed 42 Lake District peaks on his 42nd birthday. I think I did maybe 42 pints or something, maybe 42 gin and tonics. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't do the fells. His walk was in aid of the Royal Marines and uh, it's a rock to recovery, a charity that basically um, for troops and veterans who suffer from stress. In a post on social media, he wrote, the bootneck Royal Marine keeps me from persevering with the pain. Now, I felt a little bit like this. I had a little bit of heel pain the other day. You know, I don't wear socks from May to September. So, you know, I had my own challenge. You know, I had to uh, get a load of moisturizer, Rub it on the uh, rub it on the feet and wear socks. I think I think now for the next few weeks, to avoid the whole cracked heel situation, and possibly hobbit feet, I'm going to have to uh, moisturise my feet liberally, uh, and that's just from uh, you know a few mile dog walks a day. So I don't know if you've had the situation where you've lost something for a while after moving. So I lost uh, maybe four or five remote controls um, when the original Chappie Towers. And I sort of found them recently when I was packing up to move away from the old Chappie Towers. Um, but I'm sort of perturbed by, I mean, I was a little perturbed by losing the remote controls. But I was freaking out. I was uh, inconsolable. I was sweating, nervous sweating. Um, clawing at the walls. Sobbing at the fear of losing my egg cups. Now, an Englishman without his egg cups uh, is, is possibly, you know, one of the worst things. I mean, it's like uh, Bezos or uh, Richard Branson or Elon Musk without a rocket, you know, without a penis-shaped rocket. Um, that is how an Englishman is without his egg cups. You know, I, I like to have my egg cups and I don't use them for anything. I don't use them to, like, do shots of sake or something. I, um, I just use them for their original use. And another use that I will be talking about in a little bit that I've discovered may be a good idea. Um, but I, I really was quite distressed about where are my egg cups. I mean, I need my six-minute runny yoked egg with the soldiers 
cut into little rectangles I dip in there and it sort of drips down my chin. I'm just, I, I don't know where they are. I can't find my egg cups anywhere. Little porcelain, beautiful creations with um, you know, floral decorative on there. It is my great chagrin and I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm sort of, as I said, inconsolable. I don't know, I may need to go and see a therapist about losing my egg cups. Because there's nothing in the, it's hard enough to find them in the US anyway. I mean, I've had eggs supported in a vase, in a vase, um, little vase, you know, you just need to find something. I mean, you call around and, and, and ask, well, you know, I measure, can you just measure your vase, the, the sort of entrance way to your vase, your vase? Um, it, you know, I just want to know, is it big enough to fit a rather large uh, yoker, a rather large American egg? Although I believe the American eggs are actually smaller than the British eggs. I mean, we're not competing here. It's not like a war of independence over, you know, double yokers or anything like that. But uh, it is, it's a devil's own job to find an egg cup. And today I'm going to be hunting across boxes, across every nook and cranny I can find for my lost lamented English porcelain egg cups until that point there'll be no runny goodness for Chappie so I lost the egg cups as I as I mentioned um, but something I've discovered as well so you're boiling the water up you know six minute uh, for a nice little runny yolk um, but something I, I thought about as well you know we've talked about acupuncture as well but we never talked about cupping. That's, you know, it's not something naughty. Well, I guess it could be. Um, but something that I thought about is, you know, you boil the water up, you eat your eggs, you know, maybe wash them because I, a drippy yolk can be awful. Um, so you wash the egg cups and then you have the salted water, maybe, maybe with a little bit of egg white in there that seeped out. You know, and a cracked yogurt. I mean, put your vinegar in and your salt. That stops the cracking. But if you have a little bit of white in there as well. And you put the egg cups into the boiling water. And you know what? The egg cups, you know, if you've got a, a half a dozen egg cups, put them in the boiling water. And then you can self-cup yourself. So, you know, I don't know if you need like some sort of pincer arm, robotic arm to be able to reach the lower portions of the back. But you could certainly cup your shoulder with boiling hot egg cups and press them in you know i think the porcelain conducts the heat very well so there you go you have a new invention that chappie's given you uh, little english egg cups soaked in boiling water salted water and then you can press them into your back and have that whole cupping effect so you can have egg cups cupped all over your back you know maybe if you've got a uh, a willing partner who can uh, assist you you may need an oven mitt because those buggers get very hot um but uh if if, if you ever want to do some DIY home cupping then uh, use some boiling hot egg cups and there you have the perfect solution you don't have to head out you know, we're heading into a pandemic if you want to self-isolate and cup yourself just use the egg cups and uh, I think wondrous results will definitely ensue so as I mentioned on the last podcast when I was rummaging around unpacking, looking for things, I came across a copy of the Kama Sutra. 
but it was uh, in French. So um, I thought, no, that never suits. As I said, if there's a mine, baby. You know, it's not. It wasn't mine. So um, I'm giving you extracts from the Kama Sutra, the most interesting parts where everybody's sort of wrapped up like a pretzel. Um, you know, sort of a wheelbarrow you know, position or a hoist in the air, or you know, not hopefully not hoist in their own batard, but um, giving you excerpts from our dearest copy of the French Kama Sutra. Uh, so let me just, um, I mean, yesterday I tried to do the French version, but it failed miserably. So I'm, our dear friends at Google, we're going to try to get them to. Uh, speak it out, enunciate it. But first, we have to, um, you know, I have to type this in. So let me just, uh, let me just get, read this here. Let me just type this into the, into the machine here. Okay, 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 okay. I think we were almost there, almost there. Okay. Okay, so the, the, the piece of parchment paper comes out. As I said, it looks like the Dead Sea Scrolls. It looks like they've been soaked in tea. Uh, it looks very aged. So, first of all, we're going to have uh, uh, Tiffany or uh, uh, Machin to uh, read us the, uh, the, the, the French extract from the uh, French copy of the Kama Sutra that I found covered in cobwebs in a box. Quand une femme voit WUE, son partenaire est fatigue par sexe incessant sans avoir don désir satisfait, elle doit l'allonger et jouer son rôle. Okay, so uh, you know that's that's the French version, and uh, my uh, untrained ears, uh, we're going to have the uh, the English translation of, uh, of this little extract. Uh, it looked like they're you know hoist into the air, hopefully not hoist in their own petard. Uh, we're going to have the English translation of that little extract. When a woman sees that her partner is tired by incessant sex without having the gift of desire satisfied, she must lie down and play her role. Okay, so there we go. If you've learned anything today, just lay down and play your role. So I discovered that typo blood type... Um, gives you or makes you very attractive to little bugs, mites, spiders, everything else. I don't know if it's the sweetness of the blood, but I didn't really eat any chocolate this week for gosh sake. Um, but they make you a very tasty morsel. And I found, uh, I think it was on Monday night this week, I, uh, you know, I decided to explore the new surroundings of Chappie Towers uh, with George and Maggie. And um, yeah, off, off, I, off I trod. And, uh, you know, I never go out. I wasn't wearing a sleeveless vest or anything. Or, you know, I wasn't one of these uh, poses running along with no shirt on. Because that could cause uh, the San Andreas Fault to uh, uh, to subside. It could be an awful situation, basically. Um, so off I tromp. And uh, walking towards a rather beautiful situation with a creek and little stepping stones and look lovely i do love water i find water very therapeutic and uh, so it's hung around there for a little bit it wasn't even thinking about the mozzies um but nice nice long walk and, and, and got back and you know the whole thing is you're, you're sort of um fooled into a false sense here um because you get back you know oh you know i feel fine and then the next day i had like 20 welts all over my body where the mosquitoes have gone to town. 
I mean, there was no tasting menu here. They had like 10 entrees from, uh, from my body. I mean, they were on my back, on my elbows, on my arms, legs, head. Uh, no, none on the bottom, you know. So they, that's maybe the old secret, you know, where you smother yourself in horse manure and they won't touch you. I don't know if that's true. Um, but uh, absolutely awful. And, and I'm incredibly allergic to it. So I was looking at all sorts of different ways. I mean, I was thinking about wearing, going in a beekeeper suit, uh, full linen, looking like Jesus Christ or something, um, but trying whatever I can. And I did, and I did hear that one of the one of the situations that you should do. I mean, first of all, I don't want to sp- spray poison over anything with DEET in. Apparently, it keeps away the mosquitoes. But you know, I don't trust that. Whatever if you lead a, you know, if I don't, if I spray everywhere else. Will they be going up my trouser leg looking for fun? Possibly. Um, but I, I did read that, that honey is a good way, I mean, firstly of help stopping itching, but also stopping the mozzies uh, and everything else coming towards you. Now, you know, why would you rub the uh, unctuous sweet nectar of the bee onto, uh, onto, onto one body part? So this morning I did rub a little bit of honey in legs. So I had one leg bare. Bear, bear, bear. One leg bear, and then one leg with uh, honey. Obviously, local honey. You have to do the local honey. But I don't think the other honey works. But I don't know if it's even real honey. But this, you know, if you have pieces of bee in there or whatever, then that's probably the local honey, I imagine. So, you know, look for honey with bee body parts. No, 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 of course not, of course not. But a little bit of honeycomb in there. You know, I like it like it thick. I like it. If I'm going to spread thick honey on my toast, I'm going to spread thick honey on my legs. So tried that this morning. So smothered a bit of honey, slathered it all over, and we shall see the results. I didn't put any of the uh, poison on my uh, body today. So we're going to see, just for you, the listener, public service broadcasting, see which of my legs uh, is uh, bitten to death and see if the honey has driven those little little critters, those little mites away. And uh, rescue Chappie from uh, the whole itching situation. I mean, I did feel like if I had any on my back, I might have to go and employ an extra long back scratcher because I have very long back, short legs, very long back. I mean, that's the problem I'm having at the moment in the whole bed situation. Um, I can't get up onto the bed. The bed's too high. I need like a, a step stool or a uh, or, or some sort of um, uh, ladder to get up to bed. So there we go. The honey test will come up next week and I'll reveal basically if the honey saved me from being bitten to beggary. So water pie was a depression era treat. So why are people into it now? The last gasp of summer is high time for pie making. Fruits that have spent months softening in the sun are their, but their best when paired with flaky buttery crust. But what if I were to tell you that recently a certain pie caught my eye, uh, which needs no fruit at all. In fact, the pie requires so few ingredients that its main component is water. Water pie is a depression era recipe that has been making rounds on the internet. It's not a nickname. The war- filling is water pie is in fact primarily water. There are of course other ingredients that help differentiate the pie from a cold glass of Evian. But there's flour, butter, sugar, but really, not much else. Water pie first caught uh, the attention on TikTok 
where Dylan Hollis, a mid-century connoisseur, tries his hand at a variety of vintage recipes surfaced on the creation for one of his videos. Can you bake a pie with four ingredients? Yes, but I'd all rather eat my mattress. Well, my mattress is rather fluffy and lovely, so I might take a bite. Hollis proceeds to mix and roll out pie dough layered into a tin per bake. Uh, once out of the oven, he fills the crust directly with water, some flour and pats of butter. He mixes it very little, uh, perhaps not at all, then pops it back into the oven. Upon tasting the finished product, he screws up his face in disgust and says it tastes like soggy lint. So Hollis also said he came across a recipe printed in a community cookbook titled 90th, 90th Anniversary Cookbook, Women of the United Methodist Church, Gordon, Nebraska. As a collector of vintage recipes, he was drawn into a section of the cookbook that featured recipes from the Great Depression. What we know as water pie was referred to as the book as Hard Times Pie. Immediately, what struck was the complete lack of spices or flavoring. The filling simply called for water, flour, and sugar. Many iterations were found about water pie, including vanilla extract, but this recipe took its title from hard times earnestly. So this was a, like a classic recipe that is long forgotten. You know what? I think I'm going to enjoy my common or garden uh, steak and kidney pie. I would have the steak and kidney pie every time before this, uh, this water pie. I'm not even a fan of the fruit pie, to be honest. But it's very interesting, these long lost recipes. One that my mother makes, which I'm so looking forward to trying again when I see her after a long time. No, it's not the water pie. But ladies and gentlemen, look it up online. I introduce to you the queen of puddings. So if you're of a squeamish uh, disposition, tune out for maybe next minute or two. So it might not be easy to admit, but a lot of people pee in the shower. In fact, a 2020 survey by showers to you found that 76% of people let loose in the cubicle. However, pelvic floor therapist, Dr. Leisha Jeffrey Thomas, uh, this is the Newsweek, says that showers aren't the place to pee for legitimate health reasons. Jeffrey Thomas, uh, who has a doctorate in physical therapy, told her TikTok followers there are two main reasons urinating in the shower isn't a good idea. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Thomas explains the first reason is uh, cited the famous Pavlov's dog experiment in which dogs were conditioned to associate various stimuli with getting food and so would salivate at the sound or sight of them alone instead of the food. Instead, Dr. Jeffrey Thomas said we humans are essentially conditioning ourselves to associate the sound of running water with the need to urinate. If you suffer from pelvic floor dysfunction where controlling your bladder is an issue, this could lead to bladder leaks triggered by the sound of running water. Your bladder uh, relies on signals it gets from the stretch of the bladder walls as it fills, as well as signals from the brain. We want to avoid training our bladder to associate certain signals and the urge to pee. This is causing peeing in the shower associates the sound of running water with urination or the submersion in water. This can uh, transition into being triggered by other sounds of uh, running water. Uh, so if you're in bodies of water, you might be uh, tempted to pee. You know, that, that could be the problem. You're, you're, you're basically in the swimming pool and you've trained and conditioned yourself to pee in the shower. You, uh, you hear the water splashing, the water circulating around you. 
and then you get the sudden urge, and then you get the telltale sign of die that appears emanating from you. And everybody knows that you've pissed in the swimming pool. Oi, you, welcome to Trumble Trombone. So smuggling your own snacks past the staff at the cinema is a pastime many can relate to. We've all been there. It feels like such a win to covertly inch your way past them without having your bags checked for contraband. But why do we all do it? Cinema prices being the main reason. How much is a bag of popcorn? You often hear from the parents. So supermarket bought snacks often comes at the fraction of the cost. And sneaking them past uh, is something that many of us are guilty of. But why are we really guilty? Is it really some sort of problem taking your own snacks into the cinema or strictly uh, forbidden? While Odeon declined to comment, information on its website, we have a fantastic range of cinema classics like popcorn, hot dogs, and our famous nachos available to buy at the cinema. But we do allow guests to bring in their own snacks and drinks. That deserves an applaud. Although not all food has been given the green light, anything heated or pungent is not allowed. So you couldn't bring like a, uh, you know, some mackerel or uh, some kippers in there. That would be that would be definitely not allowed. There is one venue where there's a blanket bang and bringing your own snacks. Every man, it states, we sell a range of hot and cold savory sweet snacks in our fully licensed bars without, uh, within all of our venues. Please note that only food and drink bought within a cinema is allowed to be taken into the screen. Now, do they sort of pat you down or search you or something along those lines? I mean, what you could do, though, you could tape a Twix to each leg. But where would the Snickers and the vodka martini go? And a wedding guest received a message from the bride warning her she would not would have to find a different dress to wear on the day. But a decision to not attend the celebration has divided opinion. A wedding guest has been asked, uh, taking a stand by refusing to attend the big day after the bride told her she would have to change the dress. The woman she received the message from, the bride accusing her of purposely picking a bridesmaid style dress and telling her that if she wanted to be part of the wedding, uh, she would have asked her. In a post online, the guest shared the pictures of the pale grey dress that she had bought, especially for the occasion, alongside the dresses the brides had brought, chosen for the bridesmaids. Although the dresses differed in colour, the bride seemed to take offence that she picked a similar style and wasn't ready to accept the coincidence, as reported in The Sun. I would totally throw a diva fit if the bride didn't let me wear a kilt at the wedding. <laughs> And going against your partner's wishes is always a point of contention. That's why one internet user asked strangers on the internet to see if he was in the wrong after disagreement with his wife. It's up to Reddit users to, to decide this. He said, I spent six years in prison and I've been out eight. When I was in prison, I met a man, Scott, who had already been in there for 15 years. He was very much respected uh, by most of the prison and almost everybody left him alone. For some reason, he ended up taking a liking to me and helped me navigate the prison scene and gave me some really good advice on how to stay out of trouble. He essentially became the father that I never really had without sounding too corny. It turns out the prison, uh, the man was uh, pretty rough and he says he wouldn't have had made it out alive if it wasn't for the other man's advice and guidance. Uh, when he got, uh, got out and got his stuff together, he eventually met my wife and we have a son now who's four. And I heard last week that Scott, the gentleman who helped me out in prison, passed away. I was super upset that I had to go to his funeral to pay my respects. 
told my wife, who was aware of the man's time in prison with Scott, that he planned to go to the funeral. And let's just say she wasn't happy. She got upset with me and told me that I have a family now and I should be focused on my family, not people I knew in prison. I told her I wouldn't be here now if it were without Scott's help, but she refused to agree with me. Reddit users had some pretty strong opinions on the thread that mainly consisted of a lot of NTAs, which I've been educated this morning means not the arsehole. Well, at least they won't have to smuggle in the hacksaw for this type of visit. And getting offered a free upgrade to first class on planes is beginning to feel like a tale of fiction after countless flights and no sign of a fully reclining chair anywhere to be found. Uh, but TikTok user Sierra Mist, who's also a flight attendant, boasts more than 28 uh, million followers, shares inside secrets from the job, including the reason cabin crew look you up and down as you board the plane and why tray tables have to be folded away during takeoff and landing. While answering some of the most frequently asked questions she faces as a flight attendant, there are a lot of ways you can get upgraded beyond your economy seat. We all know that manners cost nothing, and neither will uh, first-class flights if you make a good enough impression. One of the easiest ways to get a free upgrade is literally being nice to your gate agent and flight attendant as well. I mean, I've also found that the English accent helps unless the flight attendant's Scottish. And it's no secret that dating can be tough, so it's unsurprising that millions turn to the aid of online dating apps in the hopes of finding somebody special. It's fair to say that dating apps have definitely improved over the years with Bumble and Hinge. One woman was recently swiping through the latter when it suggested she should meet up with her most compatible fella, which sounds perfectly reasonable, right? Uh, but when Rosie Holt took a closer look, she was absolutely stunned to discover that Hinge had matched her up with a familiar face, her very own brother. Hmm, keeping it in the family, but not in this case. So the other day, as you should in any new situation, new Tappy Towers anyway, you should always replace the old toilet seat. Also, I've been told. Um, you have to, you know, you almost have to be inspector closer and uh, carefully examine what you have and what was left behind. So the toilet seat was changed the other day and um, this uh, lovely fellow came around, large chap, ginger, probably Scottish heritage, Celtic, and he came over and he changed the toilet seat. Now, I... Uh, I sort of watching him do this. I didn't want to watch too closely, but you know, never seen anybody change a toilet seat before. And he, he sat on the toilet seat like he was riding a motorbike. So he sat face, um, his face and head were facing the system. And he's almost, I almost thought he was going to kickstart the uh, loo. Um, but that's, that's how he was, his sitting position. You know, and he did it pretty quickly, um, bolted everything on, nice and tight. Good, uh, good sitting position. Good steady sitting position. And then, um, and then afterwards, he uh, he said, um, um, "Yeah, uh, uh, Sir Chappie, would you mind if I, uh, I, I need to use the bathroom?" So he, uh, you know, bolted the door and did his business. So I wanted to be the first to christen the new toilet seat, but this big ginger chap with Scottish heritage sat down and uh, and did a number, so to speak, and uh, he was the one that baptised uh, the bathroom. Oh, 
Where's the toilet duck when you need it? I guess red light, or red hair in this case, uh, spells danger. Or maybe in this case, red hair smells danger. Lovely having you here on the podcast. Keep coming, Cauliflower Cheese, episode 114. You know, I feel a little cooler today. I've had the fan gently oscillating over my uh, sweaty, creative brow as I delivered the podcast, and it feels rather nice. Uh, so I hope you have a lovely Saturday, um, beginning to uh, maybe pick some apples, do all those autumnal things, as the weather maybe cools slightly. In some cases, it gets a lot hotter, but it's slightly more manageable here in Colorado. Uh, across all the platforms, you can listen to the audio version, uh, Apple Music, uh, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of those. Uh, but there is a musical edition on Spotify. Now, those naughty little people at Spotify did mess up yesterday's episode where they cut out a lot of Chappie. There were like six audio parts where Chappie was cut out. And I will not be silenced, I tell you. So um, hopefully they'll recover that. Uh, but you can listen to the full audio version of yesterday's show on all the other platforms. Uh, but coming up next, uh, before the end of the show, we have the poem. This is Patchwork Seen From The Skies. Her west-facing windmill, armed with tattered curtains, framing yellowed peeled-back wallpaper, shored up the crypts of history's muddied battlefields. Cornrows wilted by an army of handheld deserters that journeyed with her through a perennial of desert storms. Farmed the faded creases posed by the once deep-seated steps muscled through the pitted trenches of rainless clouds and whipped by the back-breaking splintered grip of horseless plough. She tanned by the filth of tireless wind whistling as if the sun still shone and the nippy chill of morning's breath hearkened and schooled the snickering lot of lurking crows squawking for dried morsels garnished with the husk of remnant spurn, setting the sojourn flight of a shelled dove, slinging the cast of shadowed smile, holding close the glistening but latent spark of a brimming harvest. Talons frisk the pageantry linked, a prisoner to the badlands beneath a fugitive moon, churned to till until she claimed herself, a greener meadow, blushing like a bride, groomed with a bouquet of scented wildflowers. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I'll be back again next Friday for more Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Until then, have a lovely week. Cheerio.